everybody. So we are so excited today. We are here to have another episode of our monthly series where we talk about obscure, underappreciated, smaller, independent animation. This month, in the spirit of St. Patrick's Day, we are talking about the Irish filmmaker Tom Moore. We're going to talk about both of his movies, Secret of the Kells and Song of the Sea. So I'm so excited about that. And I'm Rachel and Stanford's here. Hi. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's going to be really good. I'm excited too. Thank you, Rachel. Yeah. So Tom Moore, he is my personal favorite living animator. Now, I just loved both of his movies I, that he's made so far. Uh, he he uh, comes out of Kil- Kilkenny, uh, Ireland, and their production company is Cartoon Saloon. And his movies are The Secret of the Kells and The Song of the Sea. And, uh, and what, what are your uh, experience with Tom Moore, his films? And- so again, the first thing I had heard about him was, was with The Secret of the Kells. Yeah. And, and uh, in 2009, when, when I saw that film on the big screen. And oh, lucky. I had read a lot of stuff, you know, when that film came out. And then also just, just enjoyed seeing it, you know, experiencing it. And then... Was so happy to have, that he had a follow, you know, the, his second film. Uh, even though it was five years later, I was glad it wasn't like ten years later. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was grateful that the song of the, when the song of the sea came out, and in, in, uh, I believe that was twenty fourteen, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, just just instantly admired uh, the uh, artistry and and. Uh, just interesting interpretation of these Irish stories. Yeah, I really love uh, all of the colors and the way he does. Almost every background is interesting and moving. Oh, yeah. Every frame of film is gorgeous. Oh, so yeah. beautiful in the world of where all the CG movies kind of look the same, or they're sort of expected to see these movies is just like, ah, oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he does. He, it's interesting because his movies are pretty, uh, pretty steeped in Irish lore. Yes, and he doesn't really take much time to actually explain that lore. It's just there, mm-hmm. but you don't really care because it doesn't really matter if you understand, say, what the fairies are in Song of the Sea, because you just know they're like goofy be magic people like yeah it does not matter if you know all all of the lore of the silky or all of the, all you know is that uh that she is one that sure is one and she needs to get back yes that's, it. that's all you really need you don't need to know sort of intricacies of all of it <laughs> yeah exactly and he you know since these stories are both based I mean, in a, a lot of mythology too some of that mythology is, even though it's, you know, this stuff is very specific to Ireland, it also could be somewhat universal, you know, yeah. in some of its, in some of its themes and, and yeah. And, and, uh, uh, tone, you know, kind of the tone of it too. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. That you can kind of pick up who, who's who or, <laughs> or what's what. Uh, yeah. You yeah. get, you know, the heart of his characters very well. Mm-hmm. He does a great job with that. You just feel so invested in what his characters are doing. And, and I don't know, you just, it's just so, and it's so beautiful. It's very peaceful, very meditative. I feel like watching his movies, you're just relaxed. after. Yeah. Watching yeah. one of his movies and we'll talk about it. I have a special connection with Song of the Sea. I actually hadn't heard of him until uh, until I saw Song of the Sea, and then I saw Secret of the Kells because I loved it. I loved Song of the oh, Sea okay. so much, uh, and I wasn't yeah. blog. You know, I wasn't animation blogging back in two thousand nine, and in two thousand nine was such an incredible year for animation that it was um, it was amazing that it kind of rose to the <laughs> to the top because that same year you had princess and the frog uh fantastic mr fox a uh, coraline uh you had 
what's it called? A town, you got a town called Panic. Uh, that's hilarious. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that I did way back when I was just doing reviews for Obscure Animation. I, I did that uh, one because it's hilarious. Uh, and there's the movie Nine, which I have also done for Obscure Animation that I think is a little underrated. I like it. And uh, I don't know. There's just a ton that year. And hello, Pixar's up too. Right, right. Uh, yeah. the, My favorite the, movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was an amazing year. Incredible, best year ever in the history of animation, no question. Uh, but um, uh, but yeah, it's it's really. I'm sure there was a DreamWorks movie that year. I just can't think of it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway. or i blocked it as you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a really 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 good year and so it's probably natural that some of these smaller ones might get a little bit lost uh but i it's a movie once i did see it i really did did love it and i think it's wonderful and i ended up spoiler alert to my best of 2009 podcast will be coming pretty soon uh it is in my top 10 for that year yeah secret of the kells so i believe it was also nominated for best animated feature award you know for the academy awards and i i was so happy about that too that that i think gives films recognition you know and and uh I mean, what a strong year for the Oscars to have up Coraline, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Secret of the Kells, and Princess and the Frog, all movies that in most years could have individually won for sure. Yeah. So it's it's really it's really interesting. So anyway, yeah, it's it had to be pretty special to rise to the top, is what I'm saying about this movie. And it's it's I I like Song of the Sea better than secret of the cows personally because it just emotionally have that connection but i still think this is a really strong little movie and the plot is it's interesting because the plot is complicated and simple at the same I know, time it is it's really yeah well well said <laughs> yeah because there's not a ton of plot but there's a lot of stuff that happens mm-hmm. to our little friend brendan <laughs> yes Little Brandon. Yes. So Brendan lives in this town that's petrified by the Vikings. They're very scared. And uh, he, uh, there's this abbey there, uh, the Abbey of the Kells. And he has this uncle named uh, Selick? Kellick? Yeah. Selick? <laughs> I don't know if you pronounce it. And he's just obsessed with building this wall. His uncle is very fearful of these Vikings and their attack. And uh, there's a whole sort of uh, scriptorium, scriptorium thing uh, that uh, that they they have at the abbey, and the the uncle kind of has sort of a dismissive kind of feeling about this ab about the scriptorium. He really is dismissal of anything that's not building this wall. It's not building the wall. Yeah, <laughs> it's like <laughs> everything needs to be focused on building that protective wall around around the city yeah what did you think of that dynamic uh you know i thought it you know clearly sets up the conflict right kind of the sets up the the dramatic conflict of the of the film the the uh um first off i was really taken again by the animation style uh, of that wall it's so mm-hmm. interesting how it's drawn. You know, it's right. almost like it, it, it's got all this, this scaffolding around it and, and uh, these interesting kind of peaks and valleys in the, in, in the top of it. And, and uh, it's, 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 very, it's very striking. Uh, it seems it's, a, but so within that dramatic conflict though, so there's, you know, setting up this wall, trying to close them off. And then here are this, here, you know, the, the group of monks that are working on, you know, these illuminated texts, and it's the texts that bring people uh, life. You know, it's, it's, it's the texts that bring, you know, as they learn about Christianity and 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 the and the doctrines that that Jesus Christ preached. I mean, in theory, they're supposed to bring, you know light and openness and, and, and goodness and so it's this really interesting kind of pull i i think that 
that uh how are we saying his name again the kellick selick kellick yeah kellick is is uh um I mean, he's he's trying to do good by protecting the people, but then the way he's treating the monks and everything is just like he's shutting him down, too. I mean, like he's he's being he's like good and bad, you know. It, it brings some complexity. I think yeah. his character. I agree. I I feel like he could be a little bit better fleshed out, like have a he's little very, more motivation, have a little more. Yeah, he's very. It's a one note kind of thing yeah yeah with he, him his character's like he's so much bigger than everybody else yes that it's a little uh, i don't know it's just an interesting choices that they made with that but uh, there's this this book of uh, iona yes uh, that uh is kept by uh, aiden the head of the monastery brother aiden and yeah. it's the book that turns darkness into light and i and it's only written with this special ink that uh, is uh, like a blessed ink, I guess. Mm -hmm. The line between like magic and religion is a little weird in this. It's a little, yeah, that's another thing that is (laughs) kind of (laughs) loosey-goosey. And a lot of that is probably the case with the actual, with the actual mythology is that it's somewhat combined, but uh, but yeah, there's this special ink that uh, that you know, used to write in the book, and you know, there's obviously all this darkness happening in the town with the Vikings and everything. And uh, but Brendan has an immediate interest in the book, and uh, he kind of becomes sort of a bit of an apprentice of Aiden, and Aiden also has this cat. Uh, called Ponger Bon. Yes. Cat. <laughs> yes. And I liked the animation on the cat. Oh yeah, the cat. Yeah. Yeah. And again, really cool character designs. You know, yeah. with with every with everybody. Yeah, from the cats to the people. And yeah. They're very uh, geometric. Very. Mm-hmm. There's sort of a swirling quality to both of these films in his animation, which I really enjoy. Yeah. And, same here. Yeah, and so he ends up going. Uh, to the forest, Brendan, uh, by he gets sent by Aiden into the forest to find these uh, gall nuts that are needed to make the ink for the book, and it's there that he uh, he's almost killed by wolves, and I, that was a really cool scene. Yeah, animated, and and then this character named Osling ends up saving him from the wolves, and it turns out she is a fairy of the forest. So, what did you think about Osling? Well, uh, I think she's a, a you know a beautifully realized character. You know, this is one of those things that's really focusing on on kind of the magic portion that we're talking about about with this film. But, but, uh, uh, I you know I I I quite I quite like her and. and she's she's the one who's on the the poster and the cover art too yeah. you know looking through the kind of the green gr- greenery i think she's got such wonderful eyes mm-hmm. and uh um so you know it, 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 interesting character that kind of brings some 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 of the more magic or mystical yeah. element into the story what's your take uh, uh yeah i mean she starts out uh against him, against brendan she doesn't like him uh but as she starts talking to him she becomes more convinced of his goodness and as she's very terrified of this creature the crumb crumb crouch yeah, the crumb. Mm-hmm. who is the who is like death and destruction and evil and bad she's very scared and so she's not it's kind of refreshing in a way to have a fantastical character uh i guess a female character that's that's a little bit more meek and scared and yeah, not the, really like empowered characters that you usually see really vulnerable in these days yeah i think she's a really vulnerable character you know that that uh is not overly uh uh cocky about her abilities yeah. or, or or yeah how she could overcome the villain yeah 
I think a lot of kids will really, that are more quiet, that are a little more introverted, will be able to relate to a lot of the characters in Tom Morse's uh, stories. Mm -hmm. They're just a little bit more sort of emotional and sweet. And uh, I I appreciate that a lot about his characters. Yes. So, yeah. So he ends up coming back and uh, he's heavily reprimanded by uh, by Selick, and he's you know told to never go to the monastery again, to not work with Aiden, but he still does. And uh, it turns out that uh, Aiden has lost what's called the Eye of Komkili, and uh, this is it's kind of like a. Uh, it's, it's like a translation kind of device sort of yeah. that, yeah. that they need to be able to finish the book and uh, to be able to, it's been captured by Crom Croc Croc. And so Brendan decides that he's going to go and get the eye. Uh, but he's like, he's confined by, uh, by Selick and, but then Osling and the cat, <laughs> who look very much alike i think they're like <laughs> they're kind of siblings in a way yeah uh, that's what i've uh, that's what i've kind of interpreted too yeah i thought it with this viewing as well that clearly the idea was to demonstrate that they are they're related somehow yeah you know the yeah. cat has two different colored eyes but still so similar in in design and in, and and in their color styling and yeah. yeah yeah i think so and it's good i mean because cats are usually villains you know yes so we, we've had a good run here with yeah so he brendan decides uh, that he's going to go after crom crotch to get the eye of conkile and uh and so they, he's running you know towards the forest but uh, osling is very scared of him doing this because uh because she's worried that he's going to get killed and uh so brendan has to pers- kind of persuade osling to help him to do this and he enters the cave he nearly gets killed yeah and then he ends up get- but he ends up getting the uh uh the eye uh because he's able to to basically like blind uh the chrome chrome crock and so uh he uh and so the that's and he becomes uh kind of another creature when he is when he's blind blinded by the eye yeah and that whole sequence that whole sequence is really beautiful really like really well done (laughs) oh yeah it's really so compelling and and uh you know the both the the animation the the editing for lack of a better (laughs) you know term but the way that the way that that whole scene is is assembled really is 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 remarkable and it's really you know you're like on the edge of your seat you're right Yeah. yeah The animation in that scene with Chrome, it almost looks like it's a chalkboard drawing yes. to me. Yes. And the way it sort of builds and builds and builds is really, really cool and yes. really beautiful. And like I said, even if you're a little bit confused kind of about the names or or some of those things, it doesn't really matter because you understand that there's it's just a battle between the yeah. and good guy and what's yes. going on. Yes. Yeah. So I I really I really like that. And so then he's able to come back and they're able to make huge progress with the book because he has the eye. And uh, so they are very excited. <laughs> and uh, then Selleck finds them and he uh, rips the page from the book and, uh, and he's very upset. And right then, the Vikings invade the Kells. And so there's some like truth to why Selleck was so scared because they just, it, I love the animation. It's really beautiful. It's like this, yeah. this red and black. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden everything is when the Vikings attack. 
And I, I think that's all really well done. Very striking is the word I should use. Yes. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I really love that choice of red and black and uh, just, you know, how dramatic it is, how emotional it makes you feel or, you know, or the emotions that it brings out in you as, as, as this is unfolding. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I also really like to forget to mention when he gets out of the cave after fighting Chrome, every, there's just these like white flowers all over the place. Uh, which I thought was kind of a nice little symbolism because he's just defeat, kind of defeated the, at least momentarily, defeated the darkness. And so there's all these white white flowers yeah. everywhere, which yeah. I liked. And so they, uh, after the war, it turns out that uh, Kellick gets injured and uh, and then Brendan gets the book and the pages and he basically escapes. And the next time you see him, uh, well, Aiden says, you must take... Well, next time you see Brendan, he's an adult. And, uh, and Aiden tells him, says, you must take the book to the people so that they have hope. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's when he goes and you see he has his, uh, spends time with the dying uh, Selick and uh, who's thought that he was dead all this time. And after, you know, many years, and so they have a nice, uh, reconciliation and he shows them the completed book that they that they were able to do and uh and there and you see the illuminated page you know the beautiful pages and uh, so there's new hope for the town or for the village or whatever yeah and uh, so that's kind of how the movie ends up and uh yeah do you have any other kind of overall thoughts about about the secret of the Kells? Well, I do. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've, I've been to Dublin, Ireland and I've seen the, the actual book of Kells and oh. it's on display in a, a, the Trinity college library there in Dublin. And they've got um, a museum exhibit and, you know, some, some replicas or some enlargements of a, some of those illuminated uh, panels, <coughs> excuse me. And then, uh, they actually have the book there and you know it's under glass of course but it's this movie was it's it, particularly those like final that final minute when when those pages of the book they animate the uh the drawings you know yeah. and it's so cool because it's almost like they're it's a combination of, of, of organic and also machinery. You know, it's yeah. almost look, it looks like there's, there's spinning gears and all these different things within. And I, that's one of the things I just loved, would love to talk to Tom Moore about. Like, yeah. how, how did they do that? <laughs> Tom, yeah. if you're listening, we can, we would love to do an interview. <laughs> I know. <laughs> if you listen, we would love it. <laughs> it yeah. Would. It's, it it's really interesting. Because in my research, I found out that he was inspired by a couple different things, uh, particularly the Thief and the Cobbler. Yeah. Which definitely do for obscure animation one of these days. Yes, for and sure. And also Disney's Mulan and, uh, and Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli films. Particularly mm -hmm. in this one, you can really see Princess Mononoke. I oh, think it's absolutely. A very heavy yeah. influence on this movie for the battles with the lore uh you know you've got the forest creatures you've got uh there's a lot of similarities for mrs Simone and okay mm -hmm. and I, I i can see all of those things in here for sure yeah yeah one of the other things that i really just love just kind of frame to frame of this film is that mm -hmm. uh, they've included all this um celtic and medieval uh art or symbols or 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 just elements in every frame yeah you know and and uh they bring it in and it, it's integrated it's integrated beautifully and then finally with the culmination of the of the segment that final segment when the actual pages are coming to life that that uh is such a satisfying conclusion of you know kind of seeing all of that come come together 
Yeah. And I love all of the music. Bruno Callis is does all the music and I think he's amazing. And I uh, and I especially love the violins in the they're very violin forward, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And a lot of sections and it's just beautiful violin solo. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. And it's just a it's a very uh thoughtful, meditative, lovely little movie, I think. It's you know, I think it's a beautiful movie too. I think you know, if there were to be any kind of any kind of criticism, and I wonder if it's just because I'm not Irish, <laughs> you know, I mean, or I don't understand all the uh, symbolism of things that we're talking about. Yeah. But still, you know, as you said, you know, that can be overcome because so many of these things are somewhat universal, you know, right. as far as the as far as the mythology of it goes. But uh, the story sometimes maybe gets a little bogged down. But then anytime the story was was wasn't necessarily working for me. I just would get lost in the art, and uh, I just yeah. enjoy, really enjoy just just looking at looking at the beautiful uh, animation. Yeah, I I agree with you on all those points. I I think, like I said, sort of Selick is is kind of a not my favorite. Yeah. yeah. But I would say I think The Secret of Kells is a really solid, good movie. I think that Sign of the Sea. And I know people say masterpiece all the time and it's a way overused word, but I really do believe it's a masterpiece. I absolutely love Song of the Sea. And so I feel like uh, this was Secret of Kells was a really solid jumpstart to then really nailing it in Song of the Sea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, well, let's talk about Song of the Sea. Yes. <laughs> I have lots yes. to say in it. Definitely. So, <laughs> first of all, this movie has a special spot in my heart because it was right when I had was just starting to kind of do reviews regularly that I saw Song of the Sea. And because I'd hurt my, um, uh, it didn't come out in Utah until 2015. I'd hurt my uh, leg in 2014. And so that's when I started sort of blogging. And then it was a little bit later that I started uh, later that year that I started doing the whole YouTube thing as far as, cause I've been doing unboxings, but as far as animation, you know, reviews. And uh, so I went to see, I made a goal that I was going to see every single uh, film uh, that was submitted to the Academy for best anime feature. I was going to see every single one of them for 2014. Of course I didn't, couldn't see Song of the Sea until 2015. Anyway, I, I, I was very excited, you know, to see it because it got nominated by that point. And uh, my, uh, my cousin had passed away uh, about a month before I saw it. And we weren't super close, but I had just been to her funeral and her two little boys she left behind. Uh, and he one of their one of the little boys got up and spoke actually and talked about how he said something to the effect of that there'd always be this hole in his heart and how could and and nobody would ever be able to explain to him why somebody had to take away his mom and it was devastating and it was so sad and and the minister was like no nobody nobody understands you know nobody can answer that question completely and it was very sad and and I, then I go see this movie just days, you know, after oh, my goodness. that had happened. And uh, seeing little Ben going through the loss of his mother mm-hmm. um, made me just, I just kept thinking of my little, uh, I don't know what they call the children of your cousins. Is that second cousin? Or, or is that your parents' cousins? Or second yeah. cousins? I don't right. know. <laughs> but anyway, I... Uh, and I, I literally, I think I sat in the, I don't think I've ever cried more in a movie. Oh, watching yeah. a movie. <laughs> yeah. And I sat in the theater and was just like inconsolable uh, after it ended. Mm-hmm. And I actually, it was the first time I've ever cried in a review. Even every time I see it, I cry. Every time I think about it, I cry. Yeah. And, uh, it just, I don't know, I just think it's such a beautiful it's a beautiful movie on every level, but I think it is such a beautiful movie about grief. And I like the fact that, uh, that he does get to say goodbye finally at the end to his mom. And, and when he gets that moment, it's just, 
the best. <laughs> yeah, that's a good moment. And they, yeah, so beautiful. You know, Tom Moore and his team just, it's such a perfect way, you know, way they did, they put that together. It's really, really great. Yeah. And I mean, and I love the ocean. So already that's a huge theme for me. I mean, just everything about this movie is like perfect for me. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of people might have a problem with the fact that Ben is kind of a brat to start out the movie because he's bitter against Cersei, his sister, who is a mute, who, so she can't really speak for herself and kind of participate in sort of an argument or whatever. Uh, and her, his father is just so like, caught in grief that he's really no help to Ben. And uh, so he's just this bitter, upset little boy. And I just, I, I think that's actually a strength to the movie. I don't think that that's a weakness because he, I, I can just relate to that, you know? Yeah. And I actually think that's a brave choice and I, I really like it. Yeah. I I agree. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, so there's so many things that I love about this movie. Uh, it turns out it starts out with uh, his mom is there, is uh, is pregnant, uh, and uh, you see her with Ben. That uh, he, you know, that obviously they love each other, adores his mother, and that his mom tells stories, and. Uh, and you have some of the same voice cast of the previous film. You're yes. Brandon, Brandon Gleason, who is like the cartoon saloon MVP. He's so good. That was, that was the one thing I did like about. Uh, Selleck. Selleck is that Brandon Gleason was his, was, you know, his voice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, when so she puts ben to bed and then she uh she's gonna have the baby and she has to go into the she has to go into the ocean to have the baby so the mother is a selkie which is a figure of uh of irish lore and uh and that you're part human and part seal (laughs) yeah it's really interesting isn't it like where did that come from but it's it's kind of a cool, cool concept. Yeah. And uh, they, she has the baby, uh, but she, she has, she, she has to go. She has to leave in order to protect the baby. And, uh, and so you see her just kind of, the baby kind of washes <laughs> up when she's got her, uh, her silky cloak that yeah. she has. And, uh, and so then it jumps ahead to six years later. And, uh, this is when you see that, uh, Ben is kind of bitter. You see Cersei is a little girl and she is mute. She can't talk. And you see uh, the dad, Connor, is just immobilized. Yeah. I was going to say, he just, he just hasn't recovered Uh uh, from, from any of this. Yeah. And so, uh, Cersei, uh, she, uh, she, she, it's, it's like a very difficult name. Cersei, yeah. <laughs> uh, she, uh, and this whole opening scene where you see her swimming as Silky is so beautiful. The way yeah. that the waves, uh, swirl, I wanted wow. to show you. So this is my Song of the Sea art book. Cool. This, yes. So this art book is more some art books are more text and some are more art and this is more art but there's some good stuff so i wanted to show you they put in a a lot of work into uh into uh just the shapes of the waves and even like as far as even into the droplets oh that's cool uh, what they were gonna look like and i don't know that was really impressive to me so interesting wow yeah it was really cool and so yeah and they uh they talk about here like the internal the internal lines of, the, of a, how a splash works and the force of the splash 
uh, yeah. and all of that stuff. It's really pretty cool. I any scene that they were out in the ocean. Well, I mean, again, this is another one of those, just like the Secret of the Kells, where every frame is beautiful. Uh, I just thought it was so creative and inventive how how they animated the ocean. This, yeah, this is, this is so interesting to see this this breakdown yeah. because overall, I'm just just trying to I'm amazed just trying to figure out how in the world did they create it. They even worked into to how the foam was going to look. The different oh, yeah. little bits of foam. Yeah. You know? This is amazing to me. So I thought that was really cool. And anyway, <laughs> let me go back here. So I so yeah, there's it's a really beautiful plus the the you have the music uh by Bruno Callius and the they are singer Kia. Yeah. And she has beautiful, the beautiful voice, relaxing. It's, it is. It's relaxing, yeah. and melancholy and haunting. You know, kind of all like all bundled in, in one. She's so good, such a perfect choice. Yeah, and uh, it just draws you into the the whole atmosphere of the character. And there's so much. You can even see it on this cover. How like within every single thing, whether it's a background, whether it's a wave, you see how there's animation within the wave. You see how there's like triangles, there's shapes. That that to me is really, really cool. Yeah. Just such an attention to details is really great. And they do have a, uh, they do have also have a dog named, uh, named Cool that is pretty cute. <laughs> Yeah, the dog is great. And uh, and so uh, the grandmother finds the finds Circe in the uh, on the beach after her swim, and she's very upset and she's very worried about the uh, the state of this family, and which I can understand why you would, yeah. uh, but she's kind of faint, painted as sort of a, a villain. A little bit and especially when later you see uh when we meet maka she's very similar in design mm -hmm. to uh to granny but both of them aren't really villains because they're just trying to protect the people they love so i think yes. that's kind of an interesting dynamic yeah yeah agreed i thought i think it's interesting yeah to how they much they, they they how similar they are in design and in intent yeah like here in this book it said you can see picture. but in the book it says cartoon villains are often great fun and the most visually exciting characters on screen but for song of the sea i was initially re resistant to the idea of an antagonist like that when we realized that granny and maka were the bad guys from the kids point of view we knew we could craft a fun and interesting villain that in many ways is not really a villain at all. In story meetings with, with Will and Nora, we developed someone who is in some forms quite sympathetic, who wouldn't, who wouldn't want to spare their child pain in any way they can. And so we'll talk a little bit more of that, but, but, uh, but yeah, so that's kind of the, the grandma character and we'll talk about Maka coming up, but, uh, but yeah, there is that, they are very sympathetic. They're not really villains at all, but from the kids' perspective, they are. Yeah, they absolutely are. Yeah, I like that. That was really good. And so then the the dad uh, puts the uh, selfie suit in the trunk, and uh, and he says, "You know, we can't lose her." Too throws the trunk into the sea, and uh, and Circe uses the sh seashell that was left behind by her mother. Uh, to alert the fairies uh, to her, the fairies, and uh, and then there's the kids are sent with, uh, or the, then the kids go to the city to live with their granny, and they don't want to go, <laughs> and they leave uh, have our four C. They can't even take the dog. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just so sad. <laughs> yes, and uh, so there's these three fairy men uh, that. Uh, that find that respond to the call. Um, what did you think of them? You know, I mean, it's an interesting. I thought it was an interesting uh, uh, approach. 
uh, approach to it. Uh, and and they're, they're they're interesting enough, I guess. What did, what did, what's your take on it? What the- yeah, I think they're really fun. There's the whole uh, the the the, uh, the literally the hole in the ground that they end up going that yes. whatever you want to call it with the fairies and that scene is really fun there's all the music and and it's also there's the uh there's the trick-or-treating scene which is really fun there's how yeah that's fun and the fairies kind of disguise themselves as trick-or-treaters yeah and they say here that the fairies that Ben and Circe meet in the fairy fort, that's what's called in that cave, uh, went through several incarnations as the story developed. They became musicians only during the creation of story reels. Prior to that, they briefly represented cheeky friends for Ben, living on the Halloween loot of sweets they collected once a year uh, when they could venture out. Then they became sorts a sort of uh, dad's army royal guard, uh, sworn to protect the Selkie from Maka's owls. Eventually, we hit upon the idea of them being musicians, which allowed us to simplify their exposition into a song, yeah. and the sequence really clicked together then. One thing I was glad we kept was the sense that they returned to a nobler, more majestic farm when freed from Maka's spell at the end of the film. Yes. For me, they represent how the ancient gods of Irish myth gradually devolved into funny little leprechaun figures over the years of colonization and the coming of Christianity. So that was interesting. You see the the way they evolved, but I think yeah. it does work because oh, I think it works too. Because there's just this song. It's just fun. It's light, and you don't really. I mean, I didn't even know that they were fairies until I started researching this podcast. I was just like, oh, they're just like fun magic men. <laughs> and i like oh that's what they're called like oh yeah they're the fairies <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah so there's the the owls from maka that are chasing them and they end up uh they end up capturing and then they end up turning the fairies into stone and uh because maka her, her goal maka is the owl witch yes Maka's the owl witch, and she believes that uh, she wants to take. It's kind of similar in a weird way to Thanos a little bit. <laughs> she wants to take take away all of the suffering, but she doesn't actually kill people. But she just puts their feelings in jars, and then they yeah. end up, without their feelings, they end up turning into stone. And they turn into stone. Yeah. <laughs> so and, yeah, it's kind of really misguided. <laughs> yes. And the uh, let's see here. and uh, the reason why she does this is because she's so sad uh, about her son, uh, who her son was in love. This is, this is here. She represents another aspect of the mythological mother figure. She is named for a character Maka in the Irish mythology, and uh, so her son had his heart broken and was crying so much that he basically created the ocean. And so she decides she can't handle him crying anymore. So she turns him into stone and she, he becomes basically the mountain uh, near the, uh, she becomes an Island all of himself. Yeah. So then her goal is to basically turn everybody into stone so they don't have to suffer like that, which I think is really, uh, really interesting, but they don't really spend a ton of time in exposition. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the it's just all done visually. You know, you yeah. just see it, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. I and love the design. The design of that island. I'm sorry to interrupt you. That uh, of of her son. You know, it's almost like he's he's kneeling down. He's got this long beard, and he's crying. Right, or just looks super sad. And I, I just love how they, because if you first look at the island, you wouldn't really see it. But then once you do, you're like, oh, that's why it's shaped the way it is. I thought, I thought that was, again, another yeah. genius design. Yeah. And I forgot to team. mention, too, that uh, so she has, she has Circe, and But there's also, uh, in order for Ben to find uh Maka, he first has to get help from what's called the Great Sen- Senekai. Yeah. 
and uh, he has magic hair and each hair tells a story and uh, and uh, the the uh, one of the uh, one of the hairs tells the story of Mach Lear who is the son of Maka and uh, I do think that this is probably the only spot in the movie that that maybe gets a little confusing <laughs> mm-hmm. about who this guy is. Yeah. But I don't really care. I just went with it. Uh, yeah, it is- likewise. I just went with it. And again, I was just so amazed at the, uh, the light, the lighting and the animation in the, in the, in the, in the sequence and just how neat is, you know, all the, all the hair is. And, yeah. yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's really, really beautiful. All the ways to use blue and yeah. silver. All those shades of yeah, blue and silver are so, so wonderful. Yeah, it says here. Whoop, sorry, it says here the great Sikai uh, represents an oral tradition of storytelling in Ireland, where instead of writing down stories, they were m- memorized by traveling storytellers who constantly reimagined and reinvented them for audiences over generations. Our hope is that by making this film, we contribute to the transmission process and keep the stories in the popular consciousness for another generation in a new way. So that's pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. But anyway, he's just kind of a fun character. They do get a little bit of exposition from him. Obviously, you get the story of this son and more about Maka. And it's just it's just really, really, really beautiful. And I mean, it's, it's such a great way of kind of they integrate so many different dynamics into this movie mm-hmm. uh, without making it feel because uh, a lot of fantasy is very boring to me and i think they managed to work in tons of different lore tons of different ideas without it just like staying places yeah. you know it's, it's constantly moving and changing and there's so many different kinds of kind of movies within this one movie yes yeah so anyway so so yes uh they uh at first he's kind of convinced that oh you know maka maybe she's this nice lady or whatever and uh and he she starts to kind of suck him into the jar and and uh thankfully they uh he has the 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 dog is there at that point yeah i believe yeah the dog is there. and so he's kind of able to sort of snap him out of it and uh he says no i can do that and he ends up in the um attic he ends up in the attic looking for cersei in one of the jars he finds he finds her and uh he starts to he destroys jars he starts to destroy more and you see the the owls are like pecking at the glass and uh maka is like trying to 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 get in uh it's a pretty tense tense yeah, moment I think. it's 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 it's, it's... It is. That's like really a classic uh, villain scene, you know, type of scene where they're having to really fight against this this villain. Yeah. Even though it's, you know, she's not necessarily the villain, but but in their mind she is, and in this scene she definitely is. Yeah, and you also, in these scenes, and him remembering his story, you get to see uh, his mom go running you get to see a little bit more when she says i have to save our baby i'm so sorry and uh and then you see his dad say you know say hello to to Circe. and you know just this idea that uh you know he's holding on to this this hair of memory uh and uh and just crying poor ben and that that moment really gets me yeah oh seriously i know it's emotional yeah yeah so, so ben uh so so maka says to ben you see i've taken all her cares away and ben says no it doesn't help at all it just makes things worse and uh so uh, you know it's interesting that dynamic and uh, and then ben uh tells Circe, she says i shouldn't have been so mean to you it's not your yeah. fault yeah i should have been a better brother to you and that's when he sings the the selkie song because she's getting sicker and sicker and sicker and i love when he sings that song it's so you know, it's just, isn't that a beautiful moment in the film you know because finally you know ben's the one with the real character i mean with the real character arc the dad yeah. has his own stuff too but 
clearly. But uh, when when Ben comes around, apologizes to Sersha, and 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 then uh, yeah, sings. That's I mean, the standard, you know. And and uh, uh, really, 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 one I think it's just one of the nicest moments. Yeah. I think so too. And so all the jars are getting destroyed. Maki gets back her feelings and, but Sirsa almost dying. And, uh, and Maka says to them, I've been so lost for so long. Please forgive me. I couldn't bear to see my son suffering so much. So. And so that's when Maka basically makes a clue, clue the dog makes him be able to fly. <laughs> So they're able to get home and uh and then uh the dad he sees say almost you know dying she's getting white hair she's getting sick and he tries to take her to the hospital in this boat and there's a whole part in the book about how they had to, they did use some computer animation to help yeah i wondered about some of that because it seemed like they probably had to in order to get their the desired effect because this movie had a really small budget. Uh, according to Wikipedia, it's like $7.5 million, million, which is just amazing. So they talk in the book about how they were able to integrate the hand-drawn with some of the CG. And uh, it says uh, that... Says these sequences were amongst the most challenging and labor-intensive scenes for every department and stretched our resources to the limit. I'm really happy that the final result is so seamless and a great example of how, with clever use of technology, we can make a hand-drawn film independently with relatively tiny budgets. So that's pretty cool. It's cool. Yeah. And you're just so frustrated because you're like, why won't you listen to your child? Yeah. Listen. <laughs> this is where finally, yeah, that's where the, the dad has to figure things out in, yeah. this, in, 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 this, in this part. It is it's so frustrating. And so you see Ben uh, dive into the water and he goes and he gets the finds. He's able, with the help of the seals, he's able to find the trunk, get the selkie coat out, get it on Circe and Circe and, uh, and, you know, she's able to start, start to recover. And so, you know, that whole sequence is just amazing. It's so good. So I, then they get kind of washed up uh, on Mechlear Island and they have to kind of convince uh, Circe to sing the Song of the Sea. And so they end up all, all of them singing the Song of the Sea. And that's what wakes up uh, the Mechlear. And so Mechlear and Maka and the fairies and everybody basically can go on to the afterlife they can yeah they can progress and get out of the sad yeah. state that they've been in and yeah. and then so the mother then appears and uh and so Circe has the option where she can stay a uh, human since she's half human half uh silky or she can go with her mother and at first the mom's just about gonna take her uh but uh they all say please don't take her from us and oh I know. So good. It's so good. And I just love the moment between uh, the between the mother and Ben when she says, "My son, remember me in your stories. I will always love you." Yeah, it's me every time. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's really beautiful because you know they figure they figure stuff out, and also Sersha is is. As you said, is the all all they've got all they've got of their mother too. Yeah, and and uh, and she, you know, and and she wants to stay too. And it's yeah, that's just it's it's really a I love that sequence. I love I, I love what the animators did with their hair. You know how the hair is just kind of floating in the wind yeah. on both the mother and on Sersha and uh, uh, and again just this perfect lighting and it's it's so emotional and it's, it's so well done. Yeah, it's so good. And just if you think about when you've lost somebody, just the the ability, sometimes you do get closure and you're able to say goodbye. Uh, but for, I think anybody can kind of understand how much this would mean to Ben to get to say goodbye to oh, his mother. I know. Just 
you know, here these characters have been so broken, you yeah. know, since their mother's since 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 she left. Well, and also for the dad too. And and uh, uh, it's just so nice to have this that healing moment. Yeah. For them to 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 be made. I mean, they're they're never going to be necessarily whole, but they're going to be healed, you know, right. and, and and hopefully able to move forward. Yeah. And, and the, the dad, he does say, I says, it's as though I've been asleep all these years. Yeah. 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 And uh, so then he's finally able to, the, you see the granny at the end and he's kind of able to reassure her that they're ready now. <laughs> to, mm-hmm. uh, so this is a movie that I love. I adore it. I, I know a lot of people when it was nominated, they were like, how could you nominate this instead of the Lego movie? And I don't think that they should have nominated the box trolls as much as I enjoy that movie. Uh, but I certainly think they should have nominated this. I, I think uh, it was just a, it's just a absolutely beautiful movie. And you know, what's interesting is that I think a lot of people would see this movie and be like, Oh, it's too sad for kids. But I'm serious. Every single kid I have introduced the, them to this movie, they all love it. Yeah. I haven't yet found a single child who hasn't liked this movie. I don't think it's too sad for kids either. I mean, clearly, it's a he- you know kind of a bit of a heavy subject matter, but it's done in a way that kids I think can comprehend it, and there's enough going on too that I think would keep their interest. But you know, but it would be meaningful, and I also think it would be healing for a kid who's had some challenges, you know, or, or has suffered a loss. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and because it, it's also got fairies and it's got magical sequences. And I mean, you really think about the early, you know, Disney films that, you know, your Bambies and your, uh, and even Snow White, you know, has death and sadness and grief and, and all of that uh, kind of thing. And, uh, you know, Pinocchio, you have Geppetto just sobbing. And uh, I, I think that, that that's okay. I mean, I really, I feel like this movie is kind of a, a little bit in the spirit of Secret of Nim too. Mm-hmm. Got some of that in there. And I don't know, it's just got such heart. And I think the kids respond to that and they respond to things that are authentic and, uh, and not preaching to them or, yeah. or condescending. This movie isn't condescending to children at all. No, not at all. In fact, yeah. on, the, on the contrary, you know, it's just, it just respects them and their emotions. You mm-hmm. know, I think so much. Plus, it's so amazing to look at. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's just, it's, uh, and it's, it's an art style that often reminded me, too, of, like, a wonderful children's illustrated book. You know, just, 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 because, again, it just is so, uh, it's, it, it's so unique and, and, and so stylistic that just the, vis- the visual style of it, uh, I often just felt like I was looking, you know, looking at a wonderful illustration uh that's come to life yeah and it's such an authentic version of childhood that i think kids respond to that as well Mm -hmm. uh, that so often in film and things that we're not we're afraid to allow children to be uh angry to be sad you know and yet kids feel all those feelings because they're human beings just like us and so i i I really like that about it and i don't i just love it i think it's one of my favorite animated films when i did my top 50 countdown it actually was in my top 10 oh wow um, yeah along with secret of nim and uh, prince of egypt uh, are all in my top 10 yeah and spirited way is, is in there i don't know it just it just i just love it and i just feel like tom moore must be a really special person to have this in his heart and have a movie like be able to make i can't even imagine what that would be like to be able to have something like this inside you it's it's beautiful (laughs) and so i don't know i'm just so impressed with him and uh so if you listening if you have not seen these movies from tom moore i really challenge you to check them out yeah check them out they are special and he's a a very special animator and i can't wait to see what he does next and uh, it's a it's a movie uh, i think it's called wolf walkers uh, that uh, that I think Apple actually bought, so I, th- I think it's going to be. Oh, that's strange. right. I think that yeah, the Cartoon Saloon has has got a deal with Apple. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's pretty exciting. So anyway, I think we basically covered it. So yeah, and this I'll have a link 
in the uh, description if you want to if you want to pick up the art book, uh, then I'll have a link and you can check it out. Uh, but and I have links to uh, to all all the movies as well uh, on Amazon. If people are interested, they can take a look. So. Yeah, it was really fun to talk about. <laughs> oh, absolutely, Rachel. Thank you again. This is a movie that I, I just, I can't talk about and not get emotional. I just, <laughs> I always cry when I talk about this movie, but it's so good. Good movie. So, good stuff. Very good. All right. Well, next month, speaking of my top 10 favorite animated films, in honor of Easter coming up, we are going to be talking about The Prince of Egypt, which yes. is, I'm really excited to talk I'm about. I'm excited to watch that one too. That's that's a DreamWorks movie I can get behind. I, yes. I, 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 I really love that film. So <laughs> Me too. One, to that. Like I said, one of my favorites. So there you go. That's what's coming up for Obscure Animation in April. So let us know in the comments section what you think about uh, Song of the Sea and the Secret of the Kells. And uh, thanks so much, Stanford. I really appreciate it. And uh, Where can people find you? All right, well, I'm on Twitter at Stanford Clark, and I also have a movie blog and podcast that's at moviespastandpresent.com. Great. And we'll have all that in the description section. Check it out. And you can find me at Rachel's Views on iTunes and on YouTube and all of our social media. So if you're listening on iTunes, please give us a your ratings and reviews. We really appreciate it. And if you're listening on YouTube or watching, uh, give us a thumbs up and please subscribe to the channel. That would be great. And thanks so much. And we will talk again next month. Thank you. See ya. Bye.